there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And this show is brought to you by DraftKings. We will uh, run the floor with the entire Week 17 schedule in the National Football League today. Good guest as well, Mike Dettelier who's been covering the Saints SEC football for many, many years. We'll talk to him in about 90 minutes. Adam Chernoff with his weekly appearance. This is the 2023 finale to this show, Paulie. Mm. This is it. We'll be back on Monday, bright and early on New Year's Day. Should be fun coming in here with the animals and see what people are, uh, you know. I never understood it. I, I, I don't partake. The, the day on the calendar says you have to get annihilated. Just this one particular day. And it's amateur hour, and then it's a vomit fest. I don't get it. I can't stand it. Yep. I will be in bed on New Year's Eve, uh, hopefully as soon as the Washington-Texas game is over with. And I won't think twice about watching the, the ball drop. It, it's meaningless to me. Yeah. I don't. The day on the calendar tells you to completely do something that would be considered you would never do otherwise. Right. you got to fade the fireworks, though, at night. That's yeah. a big one. I know. That's tough. Yep. That's tough. Well, regardless, I mean, uh, today is a very, very big show. And last night was the uh, the finale as well to the Thursday night football schedule of the entire season. And what a bang to go out with. 37-20 Browns take care of the Jets. And uh, the way Flacco did it again in the first half. I mean, you, were all, you, you brought that up 10 times on the show yesterday, right? You liked his alternate passing yards over. Why not? Why couldn't it continue? Even though the Jets' defense had been – they had really good numbers and they shut down a lot of, like, elite quarterbacks – Yep. Throughout the entire year, he had 296 at halftime. Finished yeah. with 309 because it was such a blowout. Right, and he, they hadn't allowed a 300-yard passer in 33 games. Touchdown passes this year. Flacco, 13. Giants, 13. Carolina, 13. Pittsburgh and Tennessee, 12. Jets, 11. First quarterback in history to throw for 250-plus and multiple touchdowns in his first five games with the new organization. Yeah. This is unbelievable. They're in the playoffs for the second time since 2003, third time since 1999. I believe. 
you know, I, I'm kicking myself I didn't take them in the blackjack tournament at 40-1. to 1. They can go anywhere and win. I'm concerned about the defense on the road, but we'll get to that coming up. But this guy continues to just sling it and put up these ridiculous numbers no matter who they're going against, no matter who's out there, no matter who's hurt. He's doing it against good defenses. They're 4-1 and one with him and uh, likely to get the five seed. I'll take them against the AFC South winner, and I don't think they'll – I'm wouldn't. i not going to be scared if they have to go to Baltimore or Miami. I yeah, mean, I, I, yeah. have, I have the fever here. Oh, yeah, B- big-time Flacco fever here. Yeah. It's uh, running wild across the country. He also became the first quarterback in Browns history with four consecutive 300-yard passing games. Wow. So file that one away. He's uh, like 30th already, or 31st on the all-time Browns passing list. He just He's like above um, Johnny Manziel now. Yeah. Already at this point. Right. Now, I will say this. He got away with a bunch of uh, potential INTs again last night. Oh, he, he's still turning the ball over. He threw, yep. he yep. threw one. Yep. By my count, easily could have had three, potentially four. Like, for example, that one pass right away. And when he went to Njoku, and how refreshing is it to watch this guy play now? Yes. He is busting out big time things to Joey Flacco. He runs angry. Yeah. But that second completed pass to him down the seam was a bad pass. Just over, I think it was Mosley's fingertips. Easily could have been picked off. He got away with it. It was behind Njoku and went for a huge gain. So it's considered like an explosive play. So that will come back to haunt him at some point. I think he needs to be a little bit more careful with the ball. But let's let's live it up a little bit, man, while this guy's taking care of business because I cannot imagine what a Browns-Ravens-AFC title game would be like with Joe Flacco as the quarterback for Cleveland potentially going to Baltimore and playing his former team and the team right. that won two Super Bowls after leaving Cleveland. Yes. That's G- the best storyline that I could ever think of. I want a Ravens, Browns, Bills, Dolphins Final Four. I think that'd be excellent. You know, the, I see your point, but they, and Joko also had a silly fumble and uh, he also didn't have his best weapon and he also lost more. Now, you could say get these guys back because it didn't look good in the second half, but right. they're coming back. Now, the more thing was scary. He's fencing. I mean, the, the arm movement and what was happening with the brain injury after the concussion, that was scary. But you're going to have Cooper back. You're going to have more back. As you said yesterday, I hope they have something to play for next week. I want to watch them play the Bengals. This is must-see TV, what he's doing. And it's great that it's happening to the factory of sadness, and he's doing, doing this with the Browns, and they're, and they're back in the playoffs here, and they are a threat to do something. But this Stefanski is now minus 275 to win Coach of the Year at DraftKings. Oh, how things have changed. Oh, this is... I mean, think about this for a second now. In all likelihood, this team is going to be the five seed. They can still actually become the one seed, believe it or not. They yeah, can, they can get the division. Yeah. There, it's a long shot. But. Yeah, yeah. It's a total long shot to get the one. They can also you know, land at a, a different spot than where they're at right now. They're 25-1 to one at DraftKings to get the one seed. Okay. Stefanski, so will a five seed win the following awards. Stefanski's minus 275 coach of the year. Did you see defensive player of the year? Miles my, Garrett my, is minus 235 saw, now. Saw it, yeah. And and Joey Ballgame is down to even money for comeback player of the year. I think the more I think about it, I think they're going to get two of them. I still think they're going to give it to Hamlin because they're going to say Flacco's only going to play five, six games. But yeah, I, and, and pe- keep sending in your tickets. You know, I saw the guys, got, one guy's got 50 to one. I saw another ticket at 100 to one. A month ago, he was 250 to one. Now, even money for comeback player of the year? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't care if you have pizza money on that. That sucker adds up in a hurry. Well, my buddy and I tried to get down much more than pizza money. Okay. This is a month ago, 100 to one. You tried to bet it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
Guess what they gave him at 101 a month ago, comeback player of the year. What'd you, what'd you try? Well, we tried to get down several hundreds. They rejected it. Did they move it on you or they just gave you $50? They gave us 20 bucks. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. For an NFL award. Oh, that's bad. I nope. don't even want. I mean, it's no just kiosks, it's, it's no, so de- it's yeah. so demoralizing. Was it in the middle of the morning or was it no. regular time? No, 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 regular Dur- time. Regular time oh, during, during the week. No oddball hours. Oh mercy! Yep, twenty bucks at one hundred to one. In uh, there you go. So that's the state of sports betting in twenty twenty three. Well, yeah, we got issues here, no doubt. But this, I, what do you think? I think they're gonna. Uh, yeah, I still I mean, think they're gonna give it to Hamlin, but I, he's got a great shot here. At least th- at least we know this. It's only two guys. So if you have the Flacco tickets, just bet Hamlin a dollar fifty, dollar thirty, whatever it is now. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. No, I will say it's tough to get like the que- the clean sweep. Although the Jets won two awards last year, they had offensive and defensive rookie of the year. They took both of those down. Uh, the Giants had a chance to win coach of the year and comeback player of the year with Saquon Barkley. The voters gave it to Geno Smith instead. They easily could have given all four of those awards to the New York teams, but they decided not to. So will a team potentially in the five seed? slot area will they get all three awards i'm not so sure like what if micah parsons has a great game coming up this weekend he was just odds on this week earlier yeah they're going to get all three that seems difficult for me to believe yep yep but right down the field on on drive number one i mean it's just like it's must watch television with this guy he's not afraid to take shots he was doing it the entire first half again he's out there laughing and smiling how about the play the broken play where he's running and he it's like Thumbs Joe it Flacco has like some I know it's not like a hobbled wheel out there but he actually looked like he was somewhat fluid running the ball the drop off to uh, Ford and he takes it the distance for the touchdown uh how f- can you rip the other teams for allowing this to happen everyone has receipts now the Vikings Flacco wanted to go to Minnesota they went with Dobbs. Well, it, worked out, to, it worked out there for a minute, but... He wanted to go to the Jets. Couldn't even get a workout. You saw what happened there. He sticks it to the Jets. I mean, this, he was available for every team. The guy was on the couch. Yeah. And now here he is. I wouldn't want to see these guys in January. No, neither this do I. It's an incredible I, I, story. I, I, I want nothing to do with them in January. The other thing, too, let's be honest. This jet, The Jets kind of quit, too. Now, Sal is now 0-7 ATS on short rest. This was a debacle, what happened. I mean, between the quarterback play and Hackett and the defense taking a step back, the stupid penalties every game, this was a horrible season for the Jets. Yeah, it really was. I mean, uh, and with all the hype and just how bad they were and how things went, I, I think that guy's a lousy coach. I really do. I've changed my mind on the guy. And you just it's the same stuff over and over again. Uh, great call by you with the interceptions, which 77-1. to 1. Both teams to have a defensive touchdown. Is, yeah, that was we, the I saw that ticket. That was the parlay. You, both quarterbacks to throw an interception. Uh, the Alts got there with Flacco, 5-1 to one to throw for 300 yards. But as you mentioned, with 280 or 290 at halftime. Uh, I also thought, liked your tweet. Boy, they're trash. Can we stop with the banging? I can't focus on the game. It's so loud. So they actually, did you see that part where they showed the guy who was doing it? Right, nonstop. So they briefly, how, how do you not have somebody from security go over there and say, that's enough, pal. You can't do it anymore. And when I tweeted that out, I said the clanging, that's all you could hear in every single play. I know. Was the guy, I, I, it was worse to me than DeRozan's daughter uh, screaming at that's the right. free throw shooters last year. How does security, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like. Uh, you got to toss him. You got, you got to go over to the guy and just say, you, you can stay, no more. 
can't do it anymore. Right. Every single bang and every single, every single play. How about Michaels to put the Astros on front street? That I know. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Trash cans here. What are the Astros <laughs> in town? That was awesome. He went out with a bang. I thought he was fantastic. You know, he got Ben in there, Herb Street's dog in there. Uh, they finally had some fun, I thought. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. shame. It's the final game of the season. But Herb Street asked him what it was like to work with Cosell. And he goes, oh, my God, the stories. Mm-hmm. I did baseball with him for seven years. It was interesting. I'll just leave it at that. But. Uh, ripping the Astros, and it was it was a hell of a way to go out, and and certainly everything. We'll get to the props and everything that cashed as well. But you talked about it yesterday with a uh, good call by Rizzo with the uh, Elijah Moore stuff. But imagine the books in Ohio. Eh, give me Moore over. Give me Flacco over. Give me Ford over. Give me the Browns. To give me cover, four give touchdown. Me, give me Njoku. Oh my God, with everything the over. adds up. All, all those guys, buried. yeah. Oh, no question. I mean, every which way, alternate numbers last yeah, night on right. the Browns, alternate total. I mean, that game was over easy in the second quarter with a low total like that. Everything got there. Some of the huge, by the way, you'll recap that coming up and win lose some of the big, big prices that came in. Also, are, are we sure the Jets are a playoff team if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt? I mean, I think the, the guy yeah. is awesome. That offensive line is high school. Yeah. Bad. So, how I mean, can Becton be that big and so bad? I know. Is he a nice guy? Is that what it is? Adam Hill was question. like Adam Hill was huge, but he was a nice guy. He wouldn't block people. Could, could have had a D1 scholarship. Yeah. He was too nice. Too nice. Becton's too nice. He's a house. He can't block me. Win some, lose some next year and follow the money. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Juice Reel, a free betting intelligence app and a tool every better needs. It links your betting accounts into one app, delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history. You have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Reel users. In-depth betting analytics, billions of data points, tail the winners, fade the losers. The AI bots it in 60%, more than 100 games. R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free Juice Reel. Juice Reel, R-E-E-L. Go get it today. All right, so the 49ers are down to 12.5 against Commanders in their matchup on Sunday. Uh, it was not pretty on Christmas night at home against Baltimore, as we all know. I recall a couple years ago when the Colts had to have a game to make the playoffs. They went to Jacksonville, and Jonathan Taylor was having a great year. He was minus 440 at one sport, sports book on the opener that I saw to score a touchdown. He did not score a touchdown in that game. That was the year that he had. He was like in the MVP discussion. I think he had 20 touchdowns on the year. Did not score in that game. Uh, Tony Pollard, I think, this year got to close, if not higher, in one of the games against a really bad football team. The game on Sunday has McCaffrey. Uh, at, the price here on him at DraftKings to score a touchdown against Commanders is minus 425. Oh, man. To score once. That's 81. If he scores two, he ties the franchise record, Jerry Rice. To, have you seen the number on that? To score two touchdowns, he's plus 120. <laughs> to score three, uh, he's yeah. plus 360. Yeah. So minus 425, the conversion there is about an 81% chance to score. And some people might say, well, he's absolutely going to score. 81% is too low. Then if you find value in it, then you can still lay minus 425. I, wouldn't, I would not do that. I would never lay that much because too many things can happen. And there are too many other bets to make, by the way. I'm not going to get involved in a guy at minus 425 to score a touchdown. Not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. Well, typical Ron Rivera. The season's over, and he makes a quarterback change <laughs> and takes the young guy out. Now, Howell had been atrocious. He'd lead the league in interceptions, and it's been ugly the last couple of weeks. And he puts Brissett in there, and he's been great the last couple of weeks, and they were down big and rallied, uh, and I should have beat the Jets. I, I, the, the over looks too easy here. But the other angle is, what if Purdy is shook? What if Purdy is still banged up with the stinger? Hmm? During the losing streak, he wasn't healthy and he wasn't playing well. And that was a big reason why they had the losing streak. But it's a mental game as well. And do you lose confidence to be as bad as he was on this big stage and everyone's watching the biggest game of the season and you throw that many interceptions? Now he's got he's to shake it off and say, hey, we're still the best team and i gotta, mm-hmm. I got to get this right and get this fixed. But if there's an early turnover, early interception, I'm worried about the kid mentally. I'll give you this. Again, vcin.com. Teams that committed five turnovers or more are 6-22-1 ATS when favored in their next game since 2012. When they play away from home, they're 3-15 straight up, and they're 2-16 ATS. Now, this, this has been a correction. Like when West Coast teams travel to the East Coast, it's gotten better over the years, but not when they're on short rest. So that, that includes the Chargers, Seahawks, Rams, yep. Raiders, Cardinals, 49ers, when they've been in this spot, it's 23 times last 20 years. They are 8, 14, and 1 ATS. Flying from West Coast to East Coast on short rest. So you have that, the game after the five turnovers, Purdy's potential injury. I know it, uh, it looks easy because of the Washington defense. Right. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe Brissett comes out and they get a huge spark and he's not going to be the turnover machine that we've seen with Howell. No, he won't be. I think they yeah. will move the ball. <laughs> I think it's too many points. You know, probably they'll lose by 10 in this game or 7. 
or something like that. But he's he's been great when he's been in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, I don't agree with the move. It's bizarre, but certainly he'll he'll put up better numbers and do a better job than Howell. But it's a lost season, and then um, and the 49ers got to get this turned around now. So he, he, you don't want to overreact. It was one loss. It was horrific how we played. But, you know, you would say if they would play again tomorrow, you'd take the Niners on a neutral against Baltimore. Hopefully that's a Super Bowl, but they got to they get this figured out, and we'll see if right. Shanahan can coach them up. This is why I think the decision for the Bears, assuming the Panthers get the number one overall pick and it's going to go to Chicago, this is why the decision is going to be, I think, a little bit harder than what people think. There was one report yesterday saying that uh, the commanders will do whatever they can to get Caleb Williams. He's yeah. from the area, played high school football there. Yeah. And they, they have targeted him and they want him. Well, he's not going to be there at number three where they're picking right now. He's probably going to go number one. So what would a team like Washington with new ownership be willing to give up? We saw what the, the Panthers were willing to give up to go from nine to one, <clears throat> excuse yep. me, last year. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Bears just look at it and say, this is too, way too much. We have to take this deal and we're going to stick with Justin Fields. Yeah. Would you also, if you're Shanahan, you can treat him like uh, Garoppolo at the end. Remember the, the playoff game against Minnesota? Just run the ball and don't even throw it. Your rushing attack and offensive line are so good. And then you can do the dink and dunk and rely on the yak too. Sure. If he comes out with the early interception. But you know, keep an eye on this early and see you know, how the kid plays. Uh, I hope he's got to get it corrected. So it was a bad game. Let's not overreact, but he's got to get, get straight and get this. First things first, get the one seed. That's enormous. Yeah, win this game. No kidding. I know you like the Buccaneers. Love them. There was money on the Saints this weekend to bring it down from three. Don't get it. To two and a half. Good luck. It's Carr. Not with my money. Yeah, I don't like the guy either. I will point out a couple of things here. Saints 12-3 and three straight up and ATS last 15 in same season rematches. 11-1 and one last 12. They're 15-1 ATS last 16 on the road. They have five straight wins ATS in Tampa. Yep. A lot of that's Peyton, though. This is this is Dennis Allen. That and uh, yeah, right, and it's totally it, it, different team with the Buccaneers too. Yep. And every year now, Dennis Allen has gone under the the win total. Tampa's won four in a row during this stretch. Baker's completing sixty three percent, thousand yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. They win the division with a win. They have been cooking here offensively. They blew out the Saints in the first meeting. I don't want I mean, the Jacksonville game was over early. And uh, I, don't, I don't think Carr's going to be able to do much either. And rest assured, the big mistake will happen with this guy. It happens every week. Who takes more sacks and throws the ball away on fourth down than this guy? Well, throwing the ball away on fourth down, that's, is a, that's a specialty. So, right. I, I think Tampa gets it done, gets the win, and uh, they're going to win the division. And I, I don't agree with the move here as well. Can I I'll throw one thing at you, too? Do you have a thoughts on the game? Uh, the total, maybe? You think that want to go over? No, because it's, it's the Saints and their defense on right. the road. It's I been 42, bad. yeah. I, I have nothing in this game. I, I would consider teasing the Saints, actually, up to eight and a half All right. at this point. So I'm driving after the show. I'm listening to the, our friends on a, a local ESPN. We know Ed Graney. I was listening to Ed Graney. They brought up a good point. It's a huge game here with the Colts and the Raiders. Huge. Remember what Pierce said when he got the job? Well, he said several things. Okay. One of them was O'Connell gives us the best chance to win. No, he doesn't. No. Where is Jimmy Garoppolo? That's a good point. You can make the playoffs. You can still win this division. It's not nuts to say you can make the playoffs, though. You're only a three-point dog, and then you close with Denver. Right. You have a nasty defense. Crosby's a game wrecker. You have, we've talked about it ad nauseum. The weapons that they have. Why does this offense stink? You cannot put O'Connell out here. He does not give you the best chance to win. You lost at home 3 nothing. You just won a game. He didn't complete a pass for three quarters. 
it's enough already. Mm-hmm. You got to put Garoppolo in here, and he gives you the best chance to win. Unless Davis told him, it's like the Kyler Murray situation. If he gets hurt, we owe him all this money. Don't play Garoppolo. You can make the playoffs. You you cannot put O'Connell out there. He's been he's been atrocious yeah. in a couple of these games. That's the one thing. But it, it's right there how well they're playing. But you just look at the at the rating, the, the offensive numbers here, and all the all the metrics. You're 28th offensively. You're 31st with the run. You get you can't get the ball to Adams. You couldn't complete a pass for three quarters. It's it, it's ridiculous that Garoppolo isn't your quarterback yeah. Sunday. What what does that say about the state of the defense? By the way. It's a very good unit. Yes, it's been solid. I mean, they they did not score any points at all against Minnesota. Yeah. And they lost that game 3-0 in the final two minutes of the game. Then the offense has the explosion against the Chargers because, again, that was dead man walking. Staley was gone. They quit. And then fast forward to what happened on Christmas Day. You went to Arrowhead as a 10-point dog, and you completely shut down Mahomes in the offense, and you did not score an offensive touchdown. And... You had zero yards passing beyond the first quarter. And you still won that game. The defense is absolutely legit. It has been the entire year. Yeah. That's the reason why you have the record. It's not, it has nothing to do with the running game. Although he likes to, to you know, pound it on the ground 40 times a game, evidently. And that's not going to change if he gets the head coaching job. But you, you brought the guy in. And by the way, have they even brought this up? Has this been talked about locally at all? Why Jimmy G has not been back? To, why he's not even an option? We've seen enough. He's not your quarterback next year. You're going to draft someone or sign somebody. Oh, there's I'm no about, chance. I'm talking about O'Connell. O'Connell. Yeah, there's yeah. no way they can go to war you with gotta, him next year. you got to put Garoppolo out here. This is malpractice. It's like what O'Connell was doing. He waited so long to pull Dobbs. Yeah. And then they would have won. He would have probably beat the Bears and won that Denver game if he put uh, Mullins in. And now he's Mullins, sick with Mullins, and he puts Hall in. He's all over the map. I, I wonder, but, what, what if they're in this game on Sunday and they fall behind by like seven, and it's O'Connell's fault, and he's doing nothing, and he's bad again. Do we see a change at halftime? You have to. I, I, I can't believe they're starting him again. That's embarrassing. And if all oh, they won, great job. You didn't complete a pass yeah. for three quarters. Right. It, it, you the, got Renfro. You have Adams. You have Myers. This is unacceptable. Right. You won, and that kid had nothing to do with the win no. whatsoever. Up next, we'll talk to Mike Dettelier from WWL in New Orleans. He's covered the NFL and SEC for a long, long time. Good his thoughts on Bama and Michigan coming up next. Smarter than VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up, holiday special today. Get VEASAN Pro Access. Everything we do through May 1st, $79.00. Unlimited access to the daily best bets, betting splits, premium analysis, 24-7 video, and all the betting guides. Limited time holiday offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I love talking to our next guest. Mike Dettelier joins the program now. College and pro football analyst with WWL in New Orleans. Follow him on X. He's at Mike Dettelier. Uh, Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on the program again today. How are you? Thanks a lot, guys. Always my pleasure. Yep. Uh, you've been covering SEC football, all of it, for, you know, college football in general, the NFL for many, many, many years. And you've watched Nick Saban coach at Alabama now for a long time. And, uh, you know, just year in and year out, what he's put together here as a program. Um, they are a two-point dog against Michigan in the Rose Bowl on Monday, on New Year's Day, in the first semifinal game. You've had a long time to think about the matchups here in the game. 
What do you think about Saban catching points in the spot against Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines? Well, you didn't get rich betting against Saban. <laughs> That's all I can <laughs> tell you. Uh, you know, we know it a lot here in the SEC, but uh, this may be his best coaching job ever at Alabama. Uh, when I look at it, I thought last year, the way it was set up for him <clears throat> with Bryce Young, with Jameer Gibbs, Will Anderson Jr., man, Brian Branch was a terrific player mm. for them. Uh, you know, you think about Jordan Battle, uh, Henry Tuatua uh, on defense. I thought that was the team that would win the national championship. I really did because it was set up that way. And you lose again to LSU on a two-point play at the end of the final play of the game. And then you lose on a, a field goal to Tennessee on the final play of the game. It, it, it almost like it was reversed. Um, I thought this team would be a 10-win team but have a couple losses and it was close. Now that Auburn game was as razor close as you can get, but it was his best coaching job. The uncertainty at quarterback, you had some offensive line issues early on. Um, his teams are always going to play really good defense and they got the best two set of cornerbacks in college football right now that, uh, you know what? <laughs> I ain't betting against him. Uh, and uh, I've just seen too many times you give him that much time to set up for a game. And he, you know what he's going to use? Us against the world. Mm. How many times could he say that? Yeah. yeah. Alabama. Yeah. And it's not many, but oh, everybody thinks Michigan's the better team. And all, you know, and they got more talent, everything else. And they always kind of, he is going to use that. I know exactly how he is because he was here at LSU. He did the exact same thing. Um, I think Alabama wins this game and wins it outright against Michigan. Okay. How about the game in your backyard, Texas and Washington? Man, that one's tight. Uh, Texas, a four-point favorite. Um, I would take Washington in the points, but I think Texas wins it in a, in a razor-close game. Uh, what I've been impressed with Texas, I thought going into the year, they could always put points up because they were explosive across the board. But how well could they play defense? Mm -hmm. And it, it surprised me how well they played much better up front in the trenches than I thought they would uh, throughout the year. Washington is dangerous because of Michael Penix Jr. And he gives you a lot of hot points that you have to try to stop. And he's got NFL receivers. Yep. I mean, those guys are going to play at the next level. And so, um, you know what? I think Texas wins the game. But at four points, man, give me that. Uh, because uh, this could come down to a field goal. Sounds and good. all I know is this is going to be a home game for Texas. Oh, yeah. Yes. And listen. I go to the city every day. It is burnt orange now. They go burnt orange in New Orleans. All the Texas people, and I've never seen it. You know, I'm, I'm 60 years old, and I've never seen uh, two billboards as I'm driving downtown in New Orleans. Hook 'em horns. Wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> a hook 'em horns how, billboard how, up. How bad? 90, 10? 80, 20? Texas fans? I would think it's going to be at least 80-20. Okay. That's, hey. that's all I saw yesterday. Yeah, uh, sure. 
and into the station was nothing but Texas fans. I leave the station. I, I talked to a, a few of them. They were at a little corner restaurant bar, and it was, you can tell, uh, Texas has invaded Louisiana, and it, it's going to be a home field advantage for yeah, the Longhorns. Very good. I know Paul Stone told us that weeks ago as well, and uh, Mike backing it up. Season on the line for the Buck uh, for the uh, Saints. What do you think of the Saints' chances going to Tampa? Line came down a little bit. Tampa laying two and a half. Baker's been hot. He sure has, and Saints have been massively disappointing with talent on offense. Yes, they haven't gotten it together. I think a lot of people. It's not so much they back the Saints. I think that people feel that, okay, the Bucks have won four in a row. Can they win five? I think that's more in play than anything else. I think the Bucks win it Sunday. I, I really do. I think Baker's been the biggest surprise in the NFC as far as an individual player. How well he's played all season long. And uh, the first game, I'll be honest, guys, it was 26-9, a 26-9 win for Tampa. The score was no indication how dominant the Bucks were. The Saints, they didn't get a sniff in that game, right. other than early on with a field goal. Uh, so the other thing, when the Saints always played Tampa, it was the matchup Mike Evans against Marshawn Lattimore. And Lattimore always sort of put him in his hip pocket. Did a great job against Evans. Guess what? No Lattimore this week. Yep. Yep. So Mike Evans, who is Baker's favorite target, gets the run here. Um, you know, here's the crazy stat with the Saints. They have had five losses against the Texans, Jaguars, Vikings, Lions, Rams. They have not had to lead one second in any of those games. Oof. And then the five losses. If Tampa jumps on them early, uh, it may be all over. But uh, I like Tampa here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm surprised the line it I, is I, what it is. I totally agree. Uh, but I think a lot of people are betting more against the Bucks. Can't win five in a row more than they really support the Saints. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You you have a vote. Who's your coach of the year and comeback player of the year? My God, um, you know, Flacco uh, would get that. Uh, I mean, nobody saw this coming. No one uh, saw this coming. And you lose your starting two tackles. Uh, Deshaun goes down. You lose Nick Chubb. And look where they're at today. I mean, it's it's amazing uh, what he's been able to do at 38 years old. And he was never a runner to begin with. But he, you know what? He moves a little bit left, a little bit right, and, and he – he buys a little bit of time, and he has still got a rifle to throw the football mm-hmm. downfield. And so uh, I'm very, very impressed with him and what he's been able to do overall. Um, my coach of the year would be D'Amico Ryans and what Ooh. he's done with Houston. Just think about what he took over, what he had, rookie quarterback, a massive changeover personnel-wise. And he doesn't fit what the NFL normally thinks are successful coaches. He's a defensive-oriented coach. Mm-hmm. He, okay, because they, they want to push the offense. What he's done in Houston to get them competitive and still in a playoff hunt has been remarkable to watch uh, what he's done with the Texans. And think 
last year at this time, they were one. Well, they had a win, which knocked them out of the top spot of having the first overall pick in the draft. And so, man, D'Amico, when you look at what he took over and what he's done, has been fantastic. They had some great – Stefanski's done outstanding work, certainly with Cleveland. You, You would have to take a long look at that also and how he's been able to piece that together. But, man, what D'Amico Rhines has done, fantastic work. Mike, we have On like, a bad football team. No kidding. Yeah. We have like took- about 45 seconds here. Does it matter to you as a person with a vote if the Texans make the playoffs or not? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, I just think he, he's put them in that position to be there. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, no one could have thought that to start the season. No one. Oh, they were graded out as one of the worst teams going into the year again with a win total of six and a half. Yeah, yeah, and and guess who also had six? The Bucks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great spot as always. Follow him on X. He's at Mike Detillier. Has covered college football, the SEC, and the NFL for a long, long time. WWL in New Orleans. We love talking to you, Mike. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy New Year, both of you guys. You too, sir. There you go. There's one vote for D'Amico Ryans. Doesn't matter if they make the playoffs. Wrong. Good to know. Yep. More more games coming up on Sunday. We'll talk about short rest and coast-to-coast travel. This guy's been awesome in both. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on v the sports betting network. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. And uh, every Friday at this time during the football season, Adam Chernoff joins the program. Excellent at uh, analyzing and handicapping the National Football League. You can get his podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It's called The Simple Handicap. Adam, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am still bewildered by the tweet that you sent last evening. Should we talk about it? Sure, we can. What do you mean you're, you you find it fascinating? Are you intrigued by it? Do you want to try a Pop-Tart like I suggested on, on X last night? I, it's the first time I've ever heard someone use the adjective incision when referencing a dessert. And so that <laughs> caught me off guard to begin with. But yeah. So just explain this logic to me and everybody who read that tweet, because I think there's questions here. So you're taking, yes, I'm glad we can pull it up on the screen. So you're taking something that is this sugar riddled and complementing it with a slab of butter. Is oh. this correct? How is this working out? How, how can you go wrong with that much sugar and butter on anything that's warm and toasty like that? Now, uh, full disclosure, I have not eaten a Pop-Tart in probably more than a decade. Uh, but when I used to eat them, I mean, they were delicious. And my tip would be, as soon as it comes out of the toaster... You grab it, you take the knife, and you slice it just like right down the middle like that. And you can make as many, you know, incisions into the Pop-Tart as you would like. And then you just take the warm butter and you spread it over the Pop-Tart equally. And then the butter seeps into the cut of the Pop-Tart and it connects with all of that gooey like frosting that's, in, you know, inside the Pop-Tart. And it just bec- it takes it to an entirely different, different level here, my, my Midwest is going to show here, maybe an ice cold glass of uh, milk as well to complement the Pop-Tart. It is phenomenal, Adam. And this is like ambiguous with any flavor. There's no specific one you have to go with. This is open game for any of them. Uh, The ones that I recall eating the blueberry, it worked well with. Uh, I don't like some of the flavors, to be honest, of Pop-Tart, so I didn't try them all. Brown sugar was the best one, the brown sugar flavored Pop-Tart. And if you can find like a cinnamon flavored butter and put that over, oh, that would be heavenly. Cinnamon butter. Yes. Okay. We're, we're, this is almost, this is almost as offline as your tomato comment back from week one, people will remember where you were adamant that you could taste specific tomatoes based on country of origin line. So <laughs> yes. We're, yes. Kinda, we're going off the rails yeah. here for the second time in the it's season. It's okay. He's going to do this. He's going to do this and put it on X too. He's I'll, I'll make film a video it. of it. Yeah. This is uh yeah. Unbelievable. You think they got their money's worth with the advertising? What they did with the bowl game? Oh, it was, well, was the mascot not a bit of a letdown? Like, I don't know what I expected when you're hearing the edible mascot all week. Oh, but he, he just kind of fell in the toaster, and then it's this giant it's fake it. Pop-Tart. Well, I feel up. bad for the guy. I know. He goes in the toaster. He comes out there eating the poor kid. Well, how about the I trophy, mean, by the way? Yeah. With the slots and then the two Pop-Tarts at top, top of the football? Yeah. That's as good as it gets. Absolutely. Oh, all-timer. So, Incredible. All-timer. I'll stop today after the show, pick up a box of uh, Pop-Tarts, and I'll try to have a video out sometime. Yeah, got to do that. Today. Um, all right, let's begin with the game that we have tomorrow night. Dallas at home to Detroit. Here at Circa, 
Cowboys four and a half this morning. Uh, take us through this here. Who you initially liked in this game? Are you surprised by the movement and where we're at today? So yeah, it's going to be a, a segment here that is lacking a lot of conviction, unfortunately. But this is a week where it's late in the year, so you always have a lot of back and forths between different people in the market and numbers moving, which makes it difficult. But this is a game I was looking at and immediately as Detroit clinches and then you see the Cowboys lose to the Dolphins in the fashion that they did. This was waiting for openers and saying there's got to be a way to fade Detroit here in this spot. It's it's the first time in 30 plus years they clinch it. It's the Dan Campbell ascension and finally getting back into the playoffs. It's this team that's been a loser for years, now finally becoming a winner. And it's the week after all of that going on the road to play in Dallas. It's just a spot that you would love to traditionally bet against, especially when it's a Cowboys team that has just lost twice on the road, going back home to where their offense works better. They run more plays per game. They're more explosive, right? It's like all of these things coming together. And so I was looking at this thing. Are we going to get this Cowboys minus four? Are the Cowboys going to be downgraded? Are we going to see their rating dropped? Are we going to see the Lions bumped up? And the fact was we got neither. We, the Cowboys stayed rated essentially the same as they have. There's been very little downgrade the last two weeks. And we didn't see the Lions get bumped. And, and the Lions win, quite frankly, over the Vikings, outgained by two and a half yards per play, which kind of at this point in time in the NFL market is enough to say, it's a bit of a fraudulent win in a, in a number mm -hmm. of ways, also aided by a ton of turnovers. So I guess it makes sense, but it's just at this number, even at four and a half, it's just, it's not a comfortable spot to fade the Cowboys. It's golf against the defense that runs a ton of man that they can absolutely run on. I think there's a path for the Lions to move the football enough. And I think for the Cowboys, although they might have a monster game with Ferguson and Lamb matched up against this Lions defense, which is struggling to stop anybody, it's just, it's too big of a number. I think the Cowboys still priced a little bit higher than they should be. And it's unfortunately a great spot to fade the Lions, but I just, I couldn't do it at this price. So it's sadly a stay away for me, but that's kind of how I'm looking at this game. It'll be a, a good one to watch Saturday night with both offenses moving. All right. How about Sunday night? Losers done. And uh, a ton of professional money on Minnesota last week, and they were losers. But Mullins had no problems moving the ball on Detroit. I don't agree with the quarterback change. You're putting a rookie in a tough spot here, although the Green Bay defense has been horrible. What do you think Sunday night? The guys, nine straight conference wildcard team matchups That's over right. the last three weeks. We've talked about it the last couple of weeks where you get these conference games with two teams essentially on the brink of elimination, and you're getting more plays per game. You're getting more passing percentages per game you're getting a lot more tempo per game for the teams trailing these games keep flying over the total and it hasn't mattered who's been at starter we've seen mason rudolph as a third stringer get a game way over the total we've seen houston with case keenum and davis mills play to a game way over the total it's just these games keep flying because they're playing so differently this game got absolutely smashed over on the openers christmas eve 43 and a half was blasted 44 was taken out Got as high as 47 before the QB news oh. yesterday. And, and Pauly, I, I agree with you. I would have kept Mullins in after going for seven and a half yards of play against the Lions. But O'Connell just hates turnovers. Following the Dobbs game pre-buy when he had the four interception game, he was talking about how the quarterback decisions going forward were going to be made over who is likely to turn the ball over less. It just drives him nuts. And so we saw Mullins, despite 
two big games in terms of offensive output and moving the football and finding explosive plays now find the bench because these turnovers is just something O'Connell can't live with. I don't know a lot about Jaron Hall, but I don't, I, I don't have any confidence or any reason to justify why Mullins to Hall would be a three-point drop to a total or a two-point drop to the side. I just, I don't know if Nick Mullins was that valuable under center. So speaking from the total, we are now on the other side of 44 after getting to 47. That that to me is too big of an adjustment. So I like the over here. I think this Packers defense is incredibly fraudulent. And if you want to kind of look and say, like, I don't know what Jaron Hall is. Well, we've just seen Bryce Young and Baker Mayfield and Tommy DeVito, who probably aren't each a whole lot better nor worse than what Jaron Hall might be. And all three of those guys had monster games against this Packers defense. So to me, it's not super concerning with the QB switch from the total perspective. But now that it's on the other side of 44, I just think this has moved far too much. Um, I'll play another one of these wildcard games over. Let's go over 43 and a half. All right. Very good. It's follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Our guest, Adam Chernoff. Follow him on X there at his name, at Adam Chernoff. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap. Uh, talk us through this Colts Raiders game after what Las Vegas did on Christmas Day to keep their playoff hopes alive and to play like that defensively. And uh, do nothing, by the way, on the other side of the ball and not complete a pass for the final three quarters and walk out of Arrowhead with a win, which, I mean, whoever would think like something like that would be possible. And now they have to go play an indie team who just got buried against Atlanta last week. Okay, there's the spot in this one. And then there's some underlying metrics that I think are pretty interesting, too. So this is, for me, easy decision on the Colts. Minus three and a half, even if you can find three minus 20, either way. Colts are absolutely the side in this one. So let's talk about the spot. Like you mentioned, they go into Arrowhead. Anyone who was watching that Christmas morning, early Christmas afternoon, maybe you're doing gifts with the family, whatever the situation was, if you caught the very end of the game, you saw Antonio Pierce crying on the sideline, crying in the post-game interview. It was full-on celebratory atmosphere amongst the Raiders players in the locker room after the game. That game meant so much to the Raiders. And in the fashion that it occurred and how it played out, it was such a phony victory aided by those turnovers that it's just it's kind of hard to believe that they got out of Arrowhead with the result that they did. And why I start to kind of use the word phony in terms of the win, Aiden O'Connell, since taking over as the starter for the Raiders, in that time, there have been 40 quarterbacks that have started an NFL game. Aiden O'Connell in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation, a really good quarterback judgment metric. Aiden O'Connell ranks 40th of 40 qualifiers, dead last in the NFL. And we've seen some horrible backup quarterbacks come through the league. Mm. He is doing nothing on a weekly basis. And now the expectation is following a game where he completed nine passes, he's going on the road in this sort of letdown spot on a short week to play a Colts team that has to have this game to get into the playoffs. I just, I don't buy it. Jonathan Taylor, big game coming for him running against this Raiders defense that gives up a ton of yardage. Raiders are going to be such a popular and trendy side that everybody wants to be on. Uh, I'll happily be on the other one here with the Colts. I think this number is too low. I think the matchup is too good. And I, I get the better team with the better coach, with the better quarterback laying a short number at home against a bad defense here. I'll take the Colts here pretty happily. Paulie brought this up earlier in the show. The Raiders are making a huge mistake by not going back to Jimmy G. 
and it seems like with the playoff, their playoff lives on the line. Okay, I mean, yeah, O'Connell has Zero. done nothing. Zero uh, yep. at all. So we'll, conti- yeah, we'll continue with Adam Chernoff coming up next. Is there a chance that we see Clayton Toon for Arizona against the Eagles? If so, where does this number go? We'll ask him next on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every NFL or bowl game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Always improving our betting splits. Recently added soccer betting splits from around the world. There's a great soccer card today. Betting splits another way. We're here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check it out every game vcin.com slash splits as we continue with adam shirtoff you can get his podcast it's called the simple handicap also he does a lot of uh, free content he writes up all the games uh, on a weekly basis at the right angle sports app as well for your phone uh this philly arizona number has been all over the place dipped down to eagles minus nine and a half earlier in the week then it comes out kyler murray is sick uh, at this point, we we said this too, like earlier in the show. Why just sit him down? Don't play him for the, there. Doesn't make you don't want to win one of these games, and you certainly don't want him to get hurt. Is there a chance that he doesn't go and Clayton Toon starts in this game? If so, where does this number go in your opinion? Yeah, speculation on my point. I have nothing confirmed on this. I think there's a a growing chance that he may miss this game. I I would probably put it in that 20 to 25% range if I had to guess just on the fact that he's missed both days of practice. But I I, I am very confident that there will be sort of a performance dip on field because he has been labeled with the illness. And it's something that's very difficult to quantify or to look at, unlike, say, if you have a hamstring injury or a concussion, there's much more like concrete numbers on to how that impact is going to be on field. But what I will say is, as someone who is looking at this on a daily basis, tracking these injuries, looking at performance in games, there has been this illness tag slapped on a number of players for the last four to five weeks. And in almost every single instance, it has had a significant impact on the performance of that player in the game that week. It's just, it's mattered a ton. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know what the significance of it is, but you're just seeing guys not 100%. And when I look at Kyler Murray, since he took over as a starter and came back from injury, last segment, we talked about O'Connell in that metric, 40 of 40 for how he ranks. Now, Murray draws a smaller sample of QBs. There's 35 when you look at all the quarterbacks that have played since Murray returned, but only two quarterbacks have been worse in this time since Murray returned and it is Aiden O'Connell and Sam Howell. So it's not like Murray right now at 100% is in any esteemed company. I think he's a much worse quarterback than he's probably discussed as. And if you have this illness that delays prep and practice coming into the week, I think it's going to make him a little bit worse than he actually already is. And so the Eagles, I thought, showed pretty well against the Giants, more than six yards per play, yard per play better, double them in first downs. It was just turnovers. It's kind of bad luck with with two of them that really set up the Giants for short scores and the big play. Otherwise, that would have been an Eagles cover. And so Eagles now at home hosting the Cardinals outdoors with Murray less than 100 percent, potentially Marquise Brown 
going to miss another game as well. Only two receivers caught a pass for the Cardinals last week with Brown out. I think this is a number that you kind of wait and see on a little bit, but it sure looks like Eagles are nothing to me. Okay, very good. And how about those Giants now with the quarterback change? Rams are hot. They've won five of six. They scored at least 28 points, five in a row. Uh, Williams figures they have a big game against the Giants defense. That's 29th against the run. Maybe the Giants get theirs too with Tyrod Taylor now starting. How do you see this game? The discount Josh Dobbs storyline part two has now come to an end with DeVito moving on and Taylor in, as you mentioned. And so that's that's a good thing for the league and that's a good thing for Giants fans. And it was apparently a very good thing in the market because we were at six. Tyrod Taylor's announced in. It came all the way down to four. And so that was a pretty surprising dip in a similar fashion to Denver, uh, which came down quite a bit, too, on the QB News on Wednesday. And now we're back up to five and a half, pushing six. Um, We've kind of talked about a few games that I know different pros or different groups have been on in a big way. Uh, This is certainly one of them. A lot of attention from people that I really respect on the Rams at four and a half, five and five and a half. A lot of attention on the over as well. And the logic there is you're looking at a Rams offense that has really been clicking the last couple of weeks with Cup now fully healthy, with Kyron Williams back. They're able to move the football on almost anyone, and they're doing it very effectively. The Giants have multiple injuries on the defensive line, which you would think gives a pretty nice window for the Rams to run the football. And then you have a giant secondary that's pretty boomer bust against these wide receivers. And so if there's some run game to alleviate the pressure on Stafford, probably expecting the Rams to move the football pretty well. And then the expectation is that Taylor's going to have a much better chance to move the football than DeVito and makes the Giants much more of an over team with him than they were with DeVito. And so matched up against this Rams defense, which can can be had a little bit too. There's expectation that points are going to be scored in this one uh, from those pros in those groups. And so uh, a lot of attention here for the Rams as well as the over in the last couple of days that I have seen and heard uh, that you can think about going into Sunday. Okay, very good. How about your Falcons? This is it, right? Last shot. This is it. They got to win out to go over the win total and see if Art can save his job. Uh, quarterback change to Heineke looked pretty good in the win against the Colts, but now it's on the road where they're two and five. Bears are hot. Defense is playing well. Kind of a low total. What do you think? Ollie, I'm against you for the second week in a row. I got to go back to the Falcons right. getting three on the road. Uh, a lot of this worries me because it's the Falcons team going outdoors in cold weather with some wind. Not a great spot. They got to have it, though. So hopefully we see the team that was on the field last week against the Colts, which represents what this team could and should have been all season. And unfortunately, has just been hampered with playmaking and decision making that's gone wrong for 15 weeks. But nevertheless, here we are. Falcons have to win out. Why I think there's potentially some hidden value here at three is the fact that the Bears injury report is both pretty damning, but also maybe a little misleading, too. So Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, skilled players number two and three for the Bears. They're both dealing with injuries. DJ Moore was announced with a high ankle sprain following the game last week. He suffered it on the first play, and the expectation was that he was going to be on the injury report, and there was actually a chance that he could miss this game. You get to Wednesday, all of a sudden, he's not listed on the injury report, and he's not listed yesterday. And so it's a bit of a weird spot with the Bears because typically this is an injury that for sure has an impact week one, but can often be multi-week and all of a sudden more just is labeled as good to go. And it's the second time in the last two weeks he's had an ankle injury of a different variety. 
I don't think he's anywhere close to 100%. And so this Falcons defense now with D-line pieces back looked a lot better against the run last week. If they can limit the run for the Bears, I'm a little concerned. There's just not a lot of skill guys out there for Chicago. I'll go back to it with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's an ugly one again. It always is with Atlanta, but yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we'll do it one more time, plus three on the road at Chicago. All right, one more game here as we wrap it up with uh, Adam Chernoff. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap. Follow him on X at Adam Chernoff. What did you make of the initial uh, reaction inside the market here when the Broncos moved down all the way to three after the Russell Wilson benching? That news came out, going to be Jared Stidham, and now it's it's going back the other way a little bit and has, once I think people uh, became sane again, and started to bet it back up to three and a half. But overall, what'd you think of that move down to three and where it's at right now? Yeah. So again, I I apologize to everyone listening for a lack of true conviction here, like usual, but I think this is another really good game to talk about similar to Rams giants. So Russell Wilson gets benched. That was, I want to say Wednesday morning. First thing Christmas days are a little max mixed up, but um, Wilson news comes out. He's benched number goes from Broncos five down to Broncos three. It was about two hours later, two different groups come in. They bet the Broncos three and they bet the Broncos three and a half. We see the movement up uh, in favor of the Denver Broncos. And speaking with one of them, the logic was the drop from Wilson to Stidham is being viewed as too much. But also this Chargers team got their bounce back last week, Saturday night. You get the new coach coming in, the motivational spot against the Buffalo Bills. They stay close. They stay competitive. That's the historic one-week bump after the coaching changes. Now it's back to reality going on the road with Easton Stick. And the problem is Keenan Allen, unlikely to play. Mm. Josh Palmer, wide receiver number two. Now in the concussion protocol, he's trending unlikely to play. You take away wide receiver one and two with Easton Stick, there's just not much out there for the Chargers on the road at the Broncos facing this defense. And so all those things have come together. The point that I would throw out there is Russell Wilson. We've talked about this quarterback metric all all segment. There are 45 quarterbacks in that segment. Russell Wilson, number 12 on the season, going back to week one. And so that's a decent number, Mm -hmm. decent level of play. I get that there's a drop down to Stidham, but now that we're at three and a half, if you're betting this now, you're not that far removed from five. You're probably going to expect Stidham to need to be kind of 16 to 20 level play. And maybe that's a tough ask to sort of have of Stidham coming in after not playing all season. I'm not really sure, but certainly an interesting market. A lot of love for Denver at three and three and a half from people I respect. All right. So as of right now, the best bet probably still the Colts minus three and a half. Colts three and a half Sunday night football over and then hate to do it, but forced to do it. Falcons plus three. Excellent, man. Have a happy new year. Best of luck this weekend as well. You guys do. Yep. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Adam. We'll talk to you next week. There you go. Adam Chernoff. In-pocket plays coming up in 20 minutes. We'll recap last night's betting action and win some loose of next year on VEASAN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees 
opinions. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.